a student recently updated me on success that she was having with supplemental income. It's a byproduct of work that we had done, though not directly for supplemental income, so it was a complete surprise. But surprises are kind of my line of work. Welcome to the Think Big Show. I'm Tiffany Lee, your Think Big Coach, and we're talking success principles, specifically letting go. Now, my student had not come to me originally for supplemental income. She had come because she was having issues with an employee in her office, and she was working towards making her business her dream company, including the relationships with the people in her office. So my area of expertise is success coaching with a slice of divine design. So setting goals and getting there divinely and in an inspired fashion is my jam. I had no clue how we were going to change this relationship with her employee. I'm not a therapist, so do we, we don't go into the past. I'm certified in life coaching, so we look forward. But I did know that it would work if she worked it. In fact, she was going to do it herself and I would just be the guide. And that is exactly what happened. The end result of our work together, her goal was achieved. She did change her relationship with her employee, but it was, she didn't change the employee. The employee didn't change, but her relationship changed changed because she embodied a new mindset and this changed the way her employee related to her. Now, along this journey, I had assigned her prophetic statements just randomly to get her started and give her ideas for how to do it. And one of the proclamations that I had given her was, I have multiple streams of income. Now, this is not just thinking it and meditating on something without saying it. This is speaking out loud. There is power in putting your words on the breath of God and letting them ripple out into the universe. And she would say this faithfully and dutifully, I found out later, even though from her perspective, she had no idea how she would do something like that, create another stream of income. She was uh, consumed with, with, this, with her company and the, this one stream of income. And then all of a sudden, her life brought in that other stream of income into fruition. Literally, a second stream of income dropped into her lap without the effort of her hand whatsoever. Now, she couldn't see taking the time to make another stream of income. She made no steps towards that income. Her rational mind could not picture how she would do it without adding undue strain on her time. But in continuing to say these prophetic statements, the second stream of income came out of nowhere. Now, what does this tell us? If we let our rational mind run our lives, we would be running around in circles. We would be reactive. We would follow what other people are doing. We would end up in mental cul-de-sacs, which is where I always end up when I follow my rational mind. But it's hard to let go of the rational mind. Why is that? It is because we want the credit for doing things ourselves. We want the pride that goes along with having created. Our rational mind is part of that ego that doesn't want to admit that we are in a cosmos with other people and that our success is largely dependent on others and forces outside of ourselves. Our ego wants all the credit, and therefore our ego takes the reins when we are designing our life. 
when we are actively creating, when we are looking for inspiration, and the ego cuts us off from the very resource that we need to pull our highest dream into fruition, then success becomes about letting go. Instead of holding the whip and making it happen, we are riding the wave. I've had experience of it in my own life and watching others close to me, that the more tightly you hold on to something, the more you try and do everything, the more the world runs you over. And speaking of the world, what is the world? Solomon was the wisest man in the Bible, and he was wise because he asked God for wisdom. But God thought it so remarkable and exceptional that he should ask for wisdom and not riches or honor. So in asking for wisdom, God granted Solomon all three of them, wisdom, riches, and honor. Now I read that and I wanted wisdom. I also would love riches and honor, but really more than anything, I wanted wisdom. And within several month period of asking genuinely and sincerely in this prayer, prayer, it's like the blinders fell from my eyes. All of the study that I've done throughout my life, literally studying spiritual principles through the Bible and other ancient texts, new age tech, woo-woo principles, I've always felt the truth and seen a connection vaguely. But when God granted me wisdom, all the pieces came together with new knowledge that allowed me to see what the world is and how we get trapped in a version of reality that isn't necessarily true. In all of these sources that I was referencing, I could feel the truth, but it didn't make sense to my rational mind. Like, what is the ego? I mean, yes, it's uh, in between the conscious and the subconscious. We can't really see it. It's me, but it's not me. It's holding me back. What is it? But in this several month process of imparting wisdom was like a holographic image that was in front of my vision fell away one layer at a time until there was nothing but just what is. And what I saw is there's the earth and we reside in it and there are the people around us and that's about it. There is no world. The world is a conception that we all mutually agree on like money is a mutual agreement Civilization's structure are all mutual agreements that we agree on. If you don't agree with it, it doesn't exist. It's how a thought can be so powerful and come into the world and catch fire and change everything overnight because the world isn't real. And the ego is our identity in the world. So the world isn't real. And we have this ego, which is our identity projected into the world with all of our fears and doubts connected to the world, very much it is our rational mind. And in this way, this imaginary made-up world that we all agree on is the one that tells us that we can't have what we want, that we should be afraid, very afraid of what's coming because it's always going to be bad. And when this world and the ego drops off and there is the simplicity of who we are and what we want, we can see clearly. It's why meditation, just calming the mind and listening to the moment, can be so powerful and such an incomparable practice because we come face to face with the truth of what is, which is us in this moment. And this knowing that we don't have control, but are the lucky, highly favored individuals that are created in God's image, we think up something, say it, claim it, and it comes to us. That is truth. That is real. 
Some of the most talented musicians I know are oftentimes not the ones that are known by the world, making millions, getting all the Grammys. Some of the most talented musicians I know are destitute, in some corner of a hole, playing the most beautiful music you've ever heard. And this holds true for any artist. Ask anyone and they will know someone, probably someone close to them, who is an absolute mess, but so creative and talented that it doesn't even make sense. The problem that this person has is because they're so talented, oftentimes accompanied with extremely high high intelligence, they are ultimately control freaks. They see a better way and cannot let go of what is not. Their ego is fully in charge. It is those who let go of control and join forces with others and with just with the energy and vibration of the cosmos that succeed. Control is a singular individual endeavor. Letting go of control is relationship with others. And so how do we move through this unreal world, creating what we want to create when fear and doubt are fed to us perpetually? How do we do it? I love goal setting. It is a dream with a deadline on it. We take divine and inspired action and then we watch that dream come to fruition by that deadline, usually under miraculous, serendipitous, and synchronistic circumstances. But sometimes you don't even know that you have achieved your goals until you track it. At the beginning, we set the goal, and then in regular markers, we track our goals. Recently, I was setting monetary goals for myself, and I was upset because I wasn't making them. And I'm not seeing the path to why it's not working. Literally, like, what am I missing? And I realized that it had been a while since I tracked my goals. So I dug into my finances and I tracked them for a week. And I realized in kind of in horror that I missed it and amazement that I had been making not only my goal for that month, but I'd been making it for months. But it hadn't come in the way I thought it was coming. It was a different revenue stream. And so in my mind, it hadn't happened. Either I couldn't add up the numbers in my mind, I have to see them on paper. But this speaks so strongly to the emotional stories that we write in our head. And as we're going through our day, we're having all these emotions attached to what's happening, how it's happening, what it means, but we cannot listen to these emotions. The numbers don't lie. And I had created another stream of income that had fallen into my lap. So how are your beliefs about what is possible holding you back? Could you create a second stream of income relatively painlessly if you manage to wade through the beliefs and emotions that tell you you can't? How can you let go to find more success? I'd love to hear any ideas that pop up for you. I can't wait to see you in the next episode. I hope until then you are thinking big.